My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is The Morning Meeting. Hi, I'm Mandy Zucker, host of The Morning Meeting. Today's guest is Lindsay Marino, an international psychic medium, podcast host, and co-author of the number one Amazon bestseller, 365 Days of Angel Prayers. Lindsay helps psychic mediums all around the world deepen their gifts and grow their business through her online programs. She's completed extensive mentorships with world-renowned medium, Mavis Batilla. She also holds a master's degree in education from the University of Tampa. She talks about what got her involved in psychic mediumship, and we talk about why college students may be interested in learning more about going to a psychic or a medium. I don't know if you knew there's a difference between a psychic and a medium. So we talk about that as well. It's a very interesting interview. Tune in now. So Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the morning meeting. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk with you and I'm grateful that you are having me on today. <laughs> I think I found you on Clubhouse, right? Yes. Clubhouse <laughs> has been pretty amazing. I feel like it. you can make so many quick connections there. I know. It's like a little plug for Clubhouse. I'm, I'm not, I think you're probably on it a little bit more than I am. I'm still trying to figure it out, but there have been some really great connections and I was really glad to hear you speaking and uh, glad that we got to connect this way. Me too. So why don't you tell me, just tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this work of mediumship. Sure. So I actually grew up in a small town in Boston, Massachusetts, right mm -hmm. outside Boston. And I grew up Catholic. So I never knew what a medium was at all. Uh, thought it was a sin to go to a psychic. Um, but I actually left Boston to go to college at University of Tampa in Florida, mm -hmm. and I went to get my degree in education, and I later got my master's in education. I thought I was going to retire as an elementary school teacher, but I actually was a third grade teacher in an inner city school for about seven years, okay. and everything shifted for me. Um, within that time frame, actually, the second day of teaching the third grade was when everything shifted in my life. At the time, I had a boyfriend named Nick right after I graduated. And when I was about to teach the third grade, uh, we were spending a lot of time together. We had plans of our future. And the second day of going into the elementary school to teach my little third graders uh, he passed away in a motorcycle accident. And right there, everything flashed before my eyes. You know how they say, right before you pass, everything flashes before your eyes. Yeah. Well, when he passed, that's what happened to me. And my whole world was completely crushed. I, you know, when you make these plans, you think it's going to go one way and it goes another way. That's when the spiritual awakening started. I don't know if it started at that very second. I can, I'm just feeling for you like that moment, your, your second day of, 
you know, your first job outside of school and you have your person and, and then he just dies so suddenly I can't even. Yes. What that was like. And, and it was interesting because before I started teaching, he was in my classroom setting up the classroom with me. So I had all these decorations on the wall and then he passes away. And I, if I remember correctly, it was about 10 days later, I went back to continue to teach. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would have done it that quick if it weren't for conversations that took place with him before he passed. Um, Because this is sort of, it's not necessarily bringing religion into it, but it is at the same time. Um, We went to church together for the first time to a mass the Tuesday before he, the Sunday before he passed. Um, so he passed on a Tuesday on that Sunday, the whole entire sermon was about what would happen if someone you love died and how would you deal with grief? And him and I had this conversation after, and I was getting frustrated with him because he said, well, if I ever died, then I wouldn't want anyone to go into debt. I wouldn't want anyone to get into addictions because death is a part of life. And I said, don't talk like that. I don't even want to have this conversation. And he's like, well, no, it's it's a part of life. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm just telling you, if anything happened to me, I would not want people to stop living. Hmm. And he knew about death at a very young age. His mother um, passed at the age of 12 years old for him. So he knew grief really well. And I thought I understood grief. I lost my grandfather, you know, years before, but not in the way that he understood it, in the way that he lived it at that age and the experience that he had. Um, So after he passed, my focus was on making sure that he was okay and that I could communicate with him because all of a sudden he's here one second and I had spoke with him, you know, maybe 30 minutes before he passed and the next second he's not here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with, with grief, with anyone in life, every death is different. There's no comparison. Um, But I just remember the moment that I tried to call his cell phone when I couldn't get a hold of him because we had plans to babysit for a family friend and I was riding riding in my car to get there and he was coming from a different city and he was riding his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And at that moment before he came, he said, well, do you want to pick me up or should I just ride my bike? And I said, well, I could come to pick you up, but it might take a little bit longer for me to get there. And we just decided he'll just ride his motorcycle. And of course, when you're going through grief, you replay these conversations back and forth of, oh, what if I did it this way, you know? Um, But I kept on calling his phone. I waited a little bit. We were supposed to meet at six. And I waited a little bit because I didn't want to bother him when he was on his bike. But I thought it was weird that he wasn't on time because he was always on time. Okay. And um, so I was sitting at the house babysitting this little girl and um, our, our family friend and he wasn't showing up. And I I called his phone a few times. And then finally, someone picked up his phone. And it was a state trooper that picked up. And oh, that's when, yes. And this is, you know, we're in just, he was still in college. So he was graduating that year. 
And at the time, he had two IDs in his wallet because, you know, during college, sometimes this comes up. I'm not promoting this, but <laughs> he had a fake ID. Mm-hmm. He had he had just turned 21 the month before, okay. um, but he had two IDs in his wallet. And the, the state trooper wanted me to tell him what his name was. He said, I need you to tell me who, who this is. And I said, I can't tell you anything until you tell me what's happening. Because I just, my heart started racing and I felt like he was not telling me what was happening. Of course. And he did. He he told me, you know, he passed away. He he was killed in a in an automobile accident. And my heart just dropped. And even sharing that right now, it still brings me back to that moment of everything stopping and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And then also replaying images of what we didn't get to do and the memories that we had in that short amount of time. Of course. So that it sounds like that experience eventually changed your whole, I mean, obviously your life, but your career and the way that you grieve and the way that you support others who are grieving. Yes. Because at that moment, I knew that nobody understood my relationship with him, because with grief, no matter who passes away, everyone has a different type of relationship. Mm -hmm. But I felt like the person most connected to me that could help me during grief would be him. And he was the one that passed. So I started to have experiences with him where I had um, a moment where I was laying in bed and I, I opened my eyes and I saw him at the foot of my bed. Um, He had the same hat that he would normally wear uh, he was there, and then I closed my eyes and opened him again, and he wasn't there. And then I had visitations where I was sleeping, but my soul was meeting his soul. And mm-hmm. in one visitation, he said, "You're not going to see me for a while, but I'm still going to be around you." And I remember wanting to ask fifty million questions when I saw him in this visitation, um, but. I don't remember what the question was. I think it was like, but wait, you know, but he didn't say anything else. And just to share with the listeners, um, when you do have a visitation, you sometimes you don't hear their voice. For me, it was a telepathic communication. So it was instantaneously where we were sending thoughts back and forth. So is that like a dream? Like, I, I, you know, as a, I don't, understand a lot of this. So what's the difference between a visitation and a dream? That's a good question. It's such a common one that comes up. So a dream, you could have dreams um, during grief where there's fear dreams, Mm -hmm. where there's things that, you know, your loved one's mad at you or they're upset with you. And, you know, you have all these things kind of come up and um, meld together in dreams like that. That's more of a fear dream. But when it comes to a visitation, it's their soul visiting yours. It's very vivid. And when you wake up, there's no doubt about it where you have this feeling like you just saw them. And sometimes it's very bittersweet too, where you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm waking up to a nightmare, but I was just in this amazing dream. And I felt like I was speaking to them and right. everything is more heightened so your senses are more heightened. It might be more colorful in the dream, or you might remember a short phrase or just a feeling. And sometimes people wake up crying because they're having this soul-to-soul experience. Because when we're sleeping, our physical body is is resting, but our soul is traveling. Okay. 
So they like to communicate with us. And sometimes the way that they can get through to us when we're not in our busy life is through those moments of visitations too. When your body is calmer. Yes. They're more able to connect to the soul. Yes. And they're constantly around us, but sometimes we're not receiving those messages when we're busy with life. We might miss them. Okay. So you were having these visitations or I don't know if you were having other experiences sort of related to that. Yes, I was. So there was one point where right before the funeral, because I was in Tampa, Florida and, and he's from Missouri. So I had to get some pictures together, collage um, photos. And I went to Walgreens or CVS to do this. And I was in the car on the way there in my Toyota Corolla. And I hadn't drove, I haven't driven, I guess, within that week really much because of the experience. I was kind of afraid to start driving. I was really just very numb and Sure. Just not in a good space. Um, but I was driving and I felt his hand on my leg like he normally would put his, his hand there. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if if my eyes were closed, not when I was driving, but if my, my eyes were closed, I could imagine his hand being there because it was so real to me that I felt his hand there. And I said to him, if you, do you need something from me? Because at this point, you know, I am Catholic, so I'm thinking is he stuck? Is he in purgatory? That was my thought process then. Sure. So I said, do you need anything from me? Do you need me to pray for you? Just tell me, let me know, give me a sign. Well, the moment I walked in to get my photos printed, I heard a voice say, pray for Trick. And I thought, that's weird. It sounds like the name Nick. And I turned around and it was this little old guy in the aisle. And I said, excuse me, what did you say? He's like, I said, pray for trick. And I said, oh, who's trick? And he's like, that's me. I can use all the prayers that I can get. And I thought, this is so weird. And I knew it was a feeling and a sign at the same time. I knew that it was Nick's way to come through this man, whether he was literally there as a person or he was someone that was very angelic. Um, But I knew he was there and it was almost as if it was a little message from him saying, I'm around you. And I took it as a sign and, and I knew it was a sign. And what continued to happen was, is I kept on talking to Nick and saying, if you're really around me, then send me the sign. If you're really around me, give me this information. And it was one thing after the other where I was experiencing things that are really hard to put into words, but it was just a knowing that I knew that it was him. Um, But at the same time, there was part of me that thought, okay, people are going to think I'm crazy. And, um, you know, if I'm making this up, then, you know, let me just keep on asking him. So I kept on asking, let me know that this is real. And that's what was happening. So um, I asked for a medium to come through and connect in. I said, if you're really around me, send me a medium. And a friend of mine that's a, a big skeptic that I went to college with, Um, he went out to lunch for a business meeting. Mm -hmm. And the man that he was having a business meeting is a lawyer. And at the time, he wasn't doing this kind of work for a living, but he was having spiritual experiences where loved ones were coming through him. And Nick started to come through this man. And it was confirmed for me. After that, I knew that everything that I was experiencing 
was real. And I started to develop my mediumship and I knew that it was healing for me and I wanted to help other people experience that healing. And that's when I started to build up the belief in myself, knowing that, okay, I can connect him with Nick. I know him. And now I'm connecting him with strangers that I don't know and I'm getting details from their past loved ones. That was my next question. Like, I think many people will say that they've gotten signs from someone that they knew that died. Mm -hmm. Some people will say they don't believe in the signs, but they they may be able to recognize that there have been some, but they'll say it's a coincidence or something, which is fine. Um, But so many people I know will say that they've, They've felt their presence. They found mementos, things that they think that their person has left behind. They've, you know, felt their hand on their lap, their, you know, smell. But how do you go from that to then being able to pick up signs from other people's people who you never met or knew? Right. It's really interesting because at that point, my passion was so My passion was so strong Mm -hmm. to connect in with Nick. So I had this desire to connect in with him. And when you have a desire for something, there's really miracles that can take place with that in any field, whether it's mediumship or something that you love, art. Um, You just find a way. And that's what started to happen to me. And the first situation, well, one of the first situations for me was I went out to a local um, restaurant slash bar that Nick and I had been to. I went with some friends and I kept saying a prayer. I kept saying, please let me have fun tonight because I was really going through a lot. But please let me have fun tonight. Send someone that, that makes me laugh. You know, just someone that could just have a conversation that could just make me laugh. That's it. Nothing more than that. And um, I ended up getting into this deep conversation with one of my friend's mutual friends that I never met before. And it was a male and we started to talk about spirituality. And I shared some information about Nick passing away. We got into that topic. And then all of a sudden I felt his mother that had passed very strongly with me. And I started to give him details about how his mother was a nurse, um, how his mother was about my height, which is five one. Um, how his his dad had remarried, and the mother was happy about this, and all of these these, these pieces of information, um, these things were coming through. And I checked in with him. And he said, "I just want you to know, whatever you're doing with Nick and that communication that you have, trust it because everything that you've said to me." is a fact. My mother's a nurse. My dad just got remarried. I was upset about it. So hearing this is bringing healing. And it just built some belief in me knowing that I never met this person in my life. And that interaction happened. And then I just started to take classes and really fine tune this and practice the techniques on this process. Mm -hmm. So in order to be a good medium, and we could talk about how to know if you have found a good medium or not. But yeah. do you need to have someone that you're connected to on the other side that is then sort of like, I don't know, feeding you the right information is the right term, but is that important? Um, so for your own past loved ones, you do you mean? No, like in order for you to be a medium and read me, right? If somebody yes. that I love died and they came through right. to you, are they coming through to you through Nick? 
Oh, good question. Um, no, actually, okay. just if if you are talking to me, whether it's on the phone or in person, uh, what I would do is I would open up and see what comes through for information from your past loved one. Mm-hmm. So you just coming into a room, you have past loved ones around you. And when a medium opens up to channel that information, then they can tune into you. So oh. some mediums that are students for me, they've mm-hmm. never had anyone pass away, which they're lucky that they haven't experienced it in that way. But sometimes they're just intrigued by mediumship or they've had this feeling like they want to learn more about it. Okay. And other people are going through deep grief, but that's a really good question because mm-hmm. I've been asked that for... um even from students that are thinking of joining classes. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I never lost anyone that I really was close to. Or, um, But yeah, when a medium is connecting in, they will connect in with past loved ones connected to the sitter, which is the person receiving the reading. Okay. So that's a really good question. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Inner Harbor, providing support and education to grieving students everywhere. Inner Harbor provides workshops and trainings for staff and students, teaching you how to support other grievers. So if you are interested in learning more about how we can educate your class, your fraternity, your sorority, your team, your club, or your agency, go to www.inner-harbor.org to learn more. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and check out all of the other services we offer. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can also sponsor an episode by checking out the sponsorship page on the website. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can go to Apple or Audible Podcasts and leave a review. Now back to the show. So how can you tell? You know, I live in a little town and I know like in the downtown area, there's this little sign says something like, you know, $5 psychic readings or something. When I was a teenager, my friends and I used to go there, um, you know, like, is the boy going to ask me out or, you know, uh, those kinds of things. How do you know if you're actually connected to a, a, I don't know if quality is the right word, but how can you tell someone who just puts up a shingle from someone who actually really has some talent? And yeah, this is a great question. I always would say that make sure that you're either getting referred by someone that you trust that has received a reading from a medium Mm -hmm. or check their reviews on Google. Um, I feel like reviews are really important because you can kind of see through the reviews, you know, if the majority of the reviews show that there's experiences with that. I'm an evidential medium. So I will see facts from the spirit realm mixed with the presence and the essence of them. So I'm not going to just say, oh, your mother's around. She loves you. There's going to be actual facts, maybe about memories that the two of you shared together or what she did for for a profession. Sometimes names come through. Sometimes they'll show me information of what you've done recently in your life that they're recognizing, like it could be a graduation or a new baby in the family. But I think to start, it really would be referrals or reviews. And then if not, if you don't notice those things on the person's website. Feel, go to the website and see if you can feel that the personality of the medium, because I feel like there's so many amazing mediums out there. And then there's also some that give a bad rep to, 
you know, the mediumship world or, you know, if you're being told, okay, you need a cleansing and you need to buy this cleansing, you know that don't go that direction. You know, nobody needs a cleansing. What should people expect when they go? If they're just thinking like, oh, let's just go for a fun night. Right. Okay. So this is interesting because when I do audience events, I'll do audience events and travel around um, the U.S. and I've done some events in Canada. And one of the things is, is there's a different experience with the audience versus private readings sometimes because audience readings, you know, it's the same information that could come through, but you kind of have to keep the audience alive. So in between the reading, I might share like a little sentence that kind of goes with the reading. Like, wasn't that interesting that, you know, that loved one showed a tattoo and kind of make the make sure the audience is alive while I'm giving the reading. So it's a yeah. little bit of a different experience, but there's emotion in the audience too, where there's people that are laughing and crying. And then in private readings, you may have both experiences where you're literally laughing at the information that's coming through. I just gave a reading the other day and someone was in the middle of, she was crying um, because she, it was so sentimental, the information that was coming forward, it she got it. She understood her husband was coming through. She had lost her husband, and he was saying different things that he loved to to do with her and places they used to go. And then he brought his personality out in a way where he wanted to make her laugh. He he's like, okay, let's let's not get so serious. And he starts he cracks a joke of something that happened. Now I don't remember. Um, offhand what it was. Um, but there was something funny that came up around this joke and she thought it was the funniest thing. So there is a mix of it. So you may have entertainment if your person that's coming through does have that type of personality. Right. Um, you know, one time I had someone show me shoes, sneakers, and they were tied together. And I said, I don't know why that he's showing me this, but he keeps on showing me sneakers tied together. And the person receiving the reading was laughing because I guess that he did that to someone as a joke to his friends. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers the question, but you're going to get a mix of it. You are, you will have a different experience throughout the reading. You're going to kind of feel like you're on a roller coaster ride in, in a good way because you are experiencing just hanging out with them and how they would be if they were coming forward to you um, to have that conversation with you. So like if a group of kids or young adults come to you and say, you know, we want to read it. There's five of us. Mm -hmm. Do they all like, is it, do you always a hundred percent of the time have somebody come through for each of them? Or is it like this one person has a very strong personality and has taken up the whole session? Sorry to the rest of you. Yeah. So at the very beginning of my mediumship, sometimes I would focus in on that one loved one in spirit and maybe spend a little bit more time, but I know how to manage them now Okay, where I, I know exactly when someone's coming through, um, you know, taking turns. And sometimes you might see a loved one in spirit, like a wife, a husband and a wife, and the wife might be the one that, Hey, I'm going to be the speaker in this situation. That's how she was on earth too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she was more the leader. Um, but everyone, if, if, Part of the session was about everyone getting a reading. They will get a reading. Okay. So you yes. will be able to connect to their people no matter yes. what. Interesting. Yeah, for me. And I always say to people, you never know who's going to come through. Um, and another thing that I always teach my students too, if you're not picking up a past loved one, doesn't mean that they're not there. It might mean that the medium's just not picking up on them. 
So if that happens, it could be one of those days for the medium that they're not receiving and just say, I'm not picking up anything, that kind of thing. But always for me, I'm always getting someone. Okay. And sometimes people don't like the people that are coming through. They don't want to talk to them. You know, there, there's some people that have had, you know, a father or, or a stepmother or whoever it is that they're like, I'm not ready to speak with them. Or I don't, I didn't expect them to come through, right. um, but they're I wanted coming to through talk to, to apologize. This person and they're not coming through and somebody else is coming through instead. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Sometimes they'll step in first to apologize or, or something like that. Right. So you have to be open to anything that's going to happen. You don't get to control who you connect exactly, to. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I'll check in with the person and say, is there someone that I didn't get to connect with that you are wanting to connect with? Let me open up and see what comes through. Okay. What's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Are they yes. different? They are. And this is another common question that comes up. So the psychic reading... Um, When I'm giving a psychic reading to someone, I will see the person in front of me getting the reading, which is called the sitter. I call we call it the sitter in this world. Um, And I will see the past of their life, the past moments of their life, present, and then the future. So I'm connecting in with their energy field to see what comes through. And sometimes even guides too might come through and show me information about their life. So it's almost like I can see two different paths you know, for their Uh life. Mm -hmm. So that would be one thing. And then the mediumship reading is connecting in with their past loved one to get the information that's coming forward about the past loved one's life. And then other things can come up too that they'll share about their life. Okay. So you do both? Yes. Do most people do both? I find that when people call me for a reading, some of them are set on just getting mediumship readings but the majority of people or psychic readings, the majority of people like a mix. Uh-huh. They'll say, just see what comes up. And I'm open to both. So if you can do a mix, I would love that. Okay. So I find more people do the mix. But if sometimes if people want a specific question answered for a psychic reading, uh-huh. they're like, I don't want to hear from anyone else. I just want this answer. But I always tell them to, too when they call me, don't tell me any information at the beginning of the reading. I don't want to know any kind of question that comes up. I'm going to see what comes up first. And then if I don't answer your question, you know, in the middle of the reading, I'll check in with you. But normally... I already answered the question. It just naturally will come up because it's in their energy, you know? So are most mediums also psychics or are some just one or the other? So this is actually a big thing with the the mediumship world and the psychic world where people go back and forth about this. Okay. And I had different beliefs before, but I believe that Anyone can tune into either one. Like this is going to go against what all psychic and medium, most the majority of psychic and mediums of what they say. But for me, I believe that everyone that is on this planet, if they really truly wanted to, they can tune into that dial, that radio station of the mediumship world and connect in. Mm-hmm. And I believe if they really wanted to, they could connect in psychically and just like tuning into your intuition. Okay. So I feel like it's a choice, but sometimes psychics don't want to investigate mediumship. They don't want to learn about it. So they don't even go into it. They might not know how to do the reading, you know? Uh So that's something that comes through. So one of the things that I think you just said was that each of us, we all have it. 
And I, I'm not trying to talk you out of a job by saying we can all do this and we don't need to come to you. But is that kind of what you're saying? We each could at least dial into our own people. Yes, actually, I get really excited to tell people, you don't always need me to connect in with your past loved ones. You can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and sometimes it's nice to get the validation from a medium because at the beginning you might think, well, I'm just making this up. But really, truly, you could com- communicate with your own past loved ones. It's just trying to figure out how to navigate through that and do that. And it's just staying open to this communication and knowing that even though they're physically not here, but in the way that we want them to be, we want to hug them and talk to them in the way that we want. um, They are alive. They're just communicating with us in a different way. So, um, you know, if you had an animal at home, that's a perfect example, like a dog and you're communicating with your dog and you're talking to your dog, but your dog doesn't share their voice with you in the way that we're communicating with, but you can kind of feel the energy of the dog and Mm -hmm. kind of sense what they're thinking. It's like that when we're connecting with the spirit realm. So we can open up and speak with them, whether it's in our mind or out loud, it really doesn't matter. They can hear you no matter what. The only way that I would suggest to speak out loud is to clients that are trying to communicate with their loved ones, but they're not quite sure if they're doing it. I always say, speak out loud and talk to them and then wait for a response that comes up as a thought in your mind. And that's their communication. Hmm. So it's more separating it for them, um, the person practicing. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm also just wondering about, you know, your ongoing relationship with Nick. I don't know how long it's been since he died, but... Yeah, he passed August 21st, 2007. Okay. So it's been some time, but Tony, my husband, I don't think I spoke about this yet, but Tony and I actually met through Nick after he passed away. So four years after Nick passed away, Tony and I connected on Facebook. I was writing a book at the time and... I wanted some answers to some questions and I thought, well, Tony has already messaged me. Maybe I'll reach out to him and see if he knows some of that information. Um, But before I reached out to him to ask him questions, he had reached out to me and he said he had this overwhelming feeling that he was supposed to message me um, because he started crying when he saw my profile picture and he just felt like he was, he needed to message and reach out. And when he messaged me, he said, I just want you to know that all of Nick's friends are here for you and we want you to know you're thought of. And, and at that point I needed that message. I think I had, I had one of those moments where I was having a rough time and he said he felt this feeling come over him where it wasn't him. It was, he was just guided. Um, so Soon after that, that's when we spoke on the phone. And right when we spoke, we knew we had to be together. Well, I've heard that happen before where people say like, you know, my partner died and then they found this other person for me, you know, like. Yes. So that, yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. And, and they were childhood friends since they were very young. So it was interesting that, you know, how it all happened, mm-hmm. but I, I, we know that we were brought together for a reason. That's great. I have one other question. I'm just wondering about 
your religious experience now. You've brought up that, you know, you were brought up Catholic. I wasn't, so I'm learning just listening to you, but it sounds like they're not as open to the idea of mediumship. So how has that changed your religious practice, your, you know, feelings about religion? Right. So it's interesting because I always say that I'm Catholic. I still consider myself Catholic and I'm still into the Blessed Mother and the saints and the angels. I've always been connected in that way. But I feel like I'm very open-minded to know that um, there's so much more that we can see with the human than what we can see with the human eye. So I take pieces of, you know, the Catholic religion and and accept them as they are. And then there's other moments where I might, you know, go to the Thai temple down the street in Tampa and study, study the the energy and the principles of like the Zen um, monks too, because I feel like there's bits and pieces of different things that I'm taking. Okay. Um, but it's not that I, I don't attend church every Sunday. I feel like I'm more connected to mediumship in the way of it's all love and everything's connected that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't consider myself an expert in being Catholic either. But one thing I found out after all of this mediumship started to kind of come about for me, I started to realize that there there are pieces of some nuns that believe in mediumship. Actually, a family friend um, that's a nun years ago, she spoke about the belief in mediumship. And I found that out after. And I guess someplace in the Bible, it says something about mediumship taking place. But then you hear on the other hand that it's a sin. So... I haven't really investigated it, but that's kind of my philosophy on it. So what do you say to people that are, you know, Catholic or any other religion where they feel like this might be a sin, but really want to connect and, you know, are struggling with both of those things? Yeah. And I have a lot of people actually that come to me and say, I'm Catholic. But when I saw that that you were Catholic, it made me feel a little bit more comfortable because, you know, you know, that side of things, but I would say only do something if you feel right in your heart, if you're feeling guided, but knowing that it's healing and it could literally change your life within, you know, 30 minutes that something can shift and make you feel like you have that sense of freedom and love and carry less burden than do it if you feel guided to. But I'm all about not pressuring people into doing something. Um, But I don't believe that things are sins anymore. I used to think it was a sin to go to a psychic. Everything was a sin. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe that from all of my experiences with giving these readings, no matter how someone's past or what their life was like when they were here, they all go to heaven. So... That's my belief on it, but I'm all about making sure it resonates with the person that's coming to me and and making sure it's comfortable for them. Is there anything else that you felt like we should cover today or you wanted to tell people about? I think the most important thing to know is our loved ones want us to live a full and happy life. And for so long, I was concerned about you know, well, I don't know if I should be happy right now and go out. I just, I want to stay in and then I'm happy and he's not here. And, you know, if, if he's not here, my life is over. But what I recognized was, is 
There's so much power in living your life fully because we're honoring them by living a full life and they're with us. They're actually with us experiencing life. And that's one of the messages that Nick came through with for me through a medium. It was do the road trip that we were supposed to do, you know, hang out with friends. So these are the things that were coming up. And and that's why I I started to really live my life knowing that even though I'm going to have good and bad days, um, he's going to be with me during this time. So really feeling good about that. So how are you doing now? I mean, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, um, <laughs> right? You know, generally speaking, how are you? How are you coping with all of this? I feel like I'm in a space where I I've, have so much gratitude within me because I thought I was grateful before Nick passed in 2007, but I realized after he passed, going through every emotion there was, and you know, experiencing that, I started to realize that. When you're really grateful for things, you're present and you're experiencing things through a different set of eyes. And when we know that our loved ones are with us, it just makes you feel so much more uplifted, even when you have moments that are tough. So I feel really supported and never alone because I know that they're always with us. So I'm doing really well. And my passion is to teach other people that we're never alone on this path and we could always reach out for help from the spirit realm. That's terrific. If people have other questions or want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yes. So they can either follow me on social media on Facebook at Lindsay Marino um, or Lindsay Marino Medium on Instagram. Of course, I'm on Clubhouse too. (laughs) Um, And then go to my website, lindsaymarino.com. And whenever I have events or classes, they just add their um, info to my newsletter on my website. They'll always get up-to-date information. And, you know, for all the listeners, there is a little link I can share with you about how they can connect in with their own past loved ones too. Perfect. I will add that to the show notes. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking with you, Mandy. Thank you so much to Lindsay for this very interesting interview. And as always, thank you to Stephen Bluestein for audio production. Next week on the show, I'm interviewing Glory Day Philippone, a transgendered graduate of New York University. We talk about their experience coming out as trans in college and the weight that was lifted at the realization of who they are. But we also talk about the sense of loss and grief that this realization caused them. Glory Day helps us understand what trans is and what their experience has been since coming out. I think we can all learn a lot from this next episode. I know I did. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.